to the We Found Your Glasses Larry podcast, a podcast about uh, the film we're making. I'm the producer, Millie. I'm the director, George. And today we have our composer, Rob. Hey, right. <laughs> First question off the bat, how often is you, have you been referred to as composer? Um, I think this is like my first time properly like I've done music in the past with people but I think this is the first like like student level film I've done definitely cool where well, okay. we've given they where well, we've called yeah. a, a grandiose title composer's uh, cool we can stay, we can stay <laughs> I like it so first question this is a bit very broad like what is your musical history um long like I think I've played music since like year three or year four started playing the trumpet and then sort of picked up the piano in like year seven eight kind of time and then guitar when i was about 16 and then more recently like moved into like electronic music and stuff you've only been playing so. guitar for like four years yeah yes. that, that's annoyed me not very long. i didn't know that that's that's really upset me sorry yeah. so i i live with um someone who's an incredibly talented musician mm. and he turned around to me one day and said oh yeah i'm completely self-taught and i hear him play sometimes and i'm going mm. how do you manage to do this it's so, just yeah. practice like it must just be you've played guitar so much yeah it's half of it is like a motivation thing realizing that like practice just works like there's not really any such thing as talent like you literally just if you've got the motivation if you really enjoy doing it you will just get better like i just found the way I got good at guitar is I found like one little like thing that I could play on guitar and I just played it over and over again because it sounded so cool and then that's how I got like a bit of speed like I'm not very fast but yeah. I I disagree <laughs> having like seeing the band you're in play live yeah. is really cool. I mean I am always impressed by people who can play instruments because mm. I can't play any instrument yeah well I can play a few chords on my guitar but that doesn't count and then seeing someone play guitar really fast, I'm like, how do you not just mm. slip? Like, I think what's weird is a lot of people, like non-musicians, don't know anything about it, and they don't really understand how like hard it is just to play something like simple. Like, it's yeah. still quite like some stuff which looks easy and sounds easy is actually quite like technically challenging. Which is so even if you're like an amateur musician, like you've still got a better insight into like music than someone who hasn't played anything. You know what I mean? Because obviously you've picked up a guitar, like you've tried fretting a chord, and then you realise this is actually like really <laughs> difficult to like yeah, just get like one it. chord down. Like I think with most instruments, it's a very like steep learning curve. Like the first like year is you're just not going to be very good. So and you then, have to have that really like yeah, strong passion yeah. for it. I remember the moment they f like I first was able to successfully play a C chord on a guitar, and I lost my mind. Mm, it sounds so good. And then it? I just like, oh. I can only play a C chord. Now I've got to do that again for every chord I need to yeah. learn. But once it's, it's a thing that's so common with people who are multilingual is that when you learn one language, it's very easy to mm. learn new languages because you're remembering structures and rules yeah. that carry over. If you've got any sense of pitch or tone, mm -hmm. you can learn any instrument very yeah. quickly. Like music is like a universal language and it is like the instrument has nothing to do with the music itself. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it gets in the way, but yeah. What was your first instrument? Trumpet in like year four. That was like a like a taste the day thing. And I think I did violin first. And I was like, Dad, come and play violin. And he was like, no. Because obviously, <laughs> beginner violin, the worst sound ever. <laughs> but then um, 
I think the week after they had like uh, trumpet like taster day sessions, and so I did that instead, and then yeah, still play now, so which is cool. That is crazy because it's just chance. It is like if the year, like if I was born, like I'm born September the fourth. I always say this to people, but if I was born like four days earlier, I would have been in the year above, and the year above us never got any music taster sessions, so I would have never picked up like the instruments so wow. potentially like four days earlier like my whole life would be so is your family not musical then they they are but it's never been like it's not something that's been like forced upon us like my mum played clarinet as a kid my dad plays a bit of guitar and then that's about it but like it was never something that's like oh you should be musical it was just sort of like I don't know like the piano we had a piano in our house so it was always there but yeah I've never really been inclined to play it until like recently when I was like started to take piano a bit more seriously. Of the instruments you know, which is the instrument for you that has unlocked the most in, t- in terms of production of music? Interesting. So like, if, really you, if you had to say to someone what instrument to learn, you know, if you want to produce music, what would it um, be? That's really hard. I think probably piano, because I think piano is the only instrument that you can kind of... Well, guitar you can play on your own and it sounds good, but piano, there's like so many pieces written just for solo piano you know what i mean and there's like because you've got two hands you can play like almost entirely different parts in either hand and i think that like for production wise and composition learning how two parts like integrate and fit in together is so important rather than just like experiencing music one part like on its own kind of thing so yeah probably piano and also it's just like piano you can make a lot of um to explain, but you can kind of like just play some random keys you've got 10 fingers so like put some fingers down and you create like a cool chord and then you create another cool chord and then you can go from there whereas like on a trumpet or a guitar like you'll just get a lot more bad sounding notes on those instruments i think so yeah it's why i mostly write in open tunings yeah so that uh, if, you, tunings if you miss if you miss so anything good. it sounds amazing it's still just everything just it's hard to get around yeah <laughs> compensates for my lack of skill yeah. i'm just thinking about like how by that logic anyone can just kind of pick not pick up a piano sit at a piano and just no definitely you I almost find play. like when you start playing an instrument for a while you kind of get locked into these like um like uh, what do they call like neural is it neural networks or neural patterns where like your your brain just does the same things over and over again so on guitar like when I'm doing a guitar set, I always play the same things over and over again, and it's frustrating. Whereas when you first pick up an instrument, you have no idea how it works, how you're supposed to play it, and you end up coming up with like really creative things like that you just wouldn't do if you knew how to play it properly. You know what I mean? That's so, really interesting. It's so like interesting, yeah. How the idea that like studying, I mean, the three of us study like creative yeah. subjects, and that can sometimes sometimes people say it gets in the way. Like, like, I don't know where I stand on that opinion yet, but like, I think it's hard to know if it's getting in your way. Like, yeah. it's hard to know am I as creative as I was before? Because also, like, for example, as like teenagers, you have yeah. way more time, mm-hmm. so you can be more creative just because yeah. you have the time to be. Whereas, I mean, proper adults with jobs would probably say that we have way more time yeah. than same, they do at the same time though being a teenager and being creative doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to create like yeah you could just be lazy as hell and mm. i was lazy as hell as a teenager yeah. like and i feel like 
studying a creative subject kind of opens up that kind of yeah. turning it into a thing you can repeat like, like a, a discipline yeah. yeah also i think sometimes though like with um when you're a teenager and you when you're not taking it seriously there's no pressure so that often like opens up the creative process a little bit more whereas now like because i'm starting to take music a little bit more seriously like i'm starting to compare myself to like like big artists you know what i mean and that's kind of like limiting creativity and kind of pushing me back a little bit i think which is difficult mm. i don't know if you find that with like film if you're like the more you take it seriously the the more you realize you've got to go you know what i mean I think, like, yeah i th i think that it, it's uniquely a music thing because okay. music is an art form that is very easy to create a song or an album mm -hmm. in the same way that a big artist does yeah. you know like the True. form doesn't yeah. change that much whilst with film we can only compare ourselves against the same medium and because we make short films we can only look against other short films interesting yeah we're quite competitive with short films at the uni purely because of the kit we get alone it's like whereas with music uh, you interesting, yeah like all of them are like five minute songs and <coughs> all of them could sound as good as like the top artists yeah is that kind of what you're saying yeah but also that is a lot of pressure i think like we've talked about how music you can do like by yourself mm. i think that changes the way that you you add the pressure on True. i don't know if that makes sense because it's all you and it's all like you kind of because obviously there's no external judgment like no one's here to tell you that idea is bad or this idea is really good like no one's there to enforce how you feel whereas in like a group of like six people working on the same film you can together create like a piece of art which is like kind of being chiseled away at by everyone's different opinions and judgments which kind of there's less like self-worth in it i think mm. in some ways here's an interesting question how much would you say you practice all the instruments that you play it's good question um rarely i'd say now i don't know it's practice is more about passion like mm. i rarely practice just to get good at something i'm more practice because i really i found a piece that i really like and want to like learn it just as a challenge so it's hard because obviously there's there's like three main instruments to focus on as well as like you could say that like electronic music is like an instrument or like another like path so there's like four things that i've got to like balance yeah i can give you a time but it depends like sometimes if i'm into piano i'll try and practice like two hours a day like like religiously guitar probably like an hour a day like if i can but that's when i'm into guitar you know what mm. i mean sometimes i just don't pick it up for like only for rehearsals and stuff so yeah it all varies it's, it's weird my friend um who studies at the guildhall school mm. of music and drama he studies uh i think it's classical trombone mm -hmm. and he practices trombone for five hours every mm. day even when he's not in uni mm. and that's like a sort of level that he's pushed to by yeah. the course he's doing do you feel that like because you do it's, it's popular music isn't it creative most, music tech yeah. is yeah yeah it's, it's most it's not classical what you're no. learning so it's like do you feel that because it's not classical there's less need to consistently practice put on you by oh, definitely your yeah tutors. No, there's literally i don't think there's a single of my course of the modules that i'm doing currently there's no there's no need to do any performance or any to have any like musical skill at the moment of, of third year at least i think it's weird that like <clears throat> a lot of people do uh like the classical path and they're they're passionate but like they're not passionate in this way that like I see other people are that are like self-taught, if that makes sense. Like some people will practice five hours a day just because it's what they're doing and they kind of have to. 
and they're not really thinking about like enjoying what they're doing or like really like finding meaning in what they're doing kind of thing. Where, like some people are like spend like two hours a day writing a song, which isn't that long, but like and they'll really love it and they'll really like resonate with it. You know what I mean? So it's weird the classical part. I, feel like I find it strange, but do you think it's more about the like? technicalities and the creative yeah it's about it's kind of about being the best like i know people that are like super good at like classical instruments but they just don't enjoy playing classical music because they've never really like felt it you know what i mean like That's it's, so it's, it's, sad. it's crazy yeah well, it spends so much time well my my friend he hates a lot of music mm -hmm. like he just doesn't listen to music anymore because of having studied classical yeah. music it's kind of like a music overload like yeah. there's too much I mean, there is a lot of music in the world yeah. to like, and if you study it, I guess there's, do you feel the pressure to like keep up with all the music that's coming out? Yeah, I kind of, I think you almost hear it differently as well, because like you start listening from like either like, uh, like a theory analysis perspective, which is very boring and dry to saying, oh, this is this chord. Oh, I love it when it goes to this chord. This use of like this melodic embellishment is so cool. Like it's just... As I said, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not completely separate from like the, the meaning from it, but it is kind of like distancing it from the meaning, and also like, or I hear it from like a production perspective, say, oh, like this snare drum sounds so good, like I'm listening to this song purely because the snare drum sounds good, and like, where's the meaning in that? You know what I mean? There's there's very little like, kind of solid like, uh, like art going on there. You know what I mean? Like it's more of like a technical thing, which is kind of sad. So. I almost wish like I could go back to like when I didn't know anything about music and listen to a song and just think this is cool and not really know why you know what I mean like I think sometimes if you study something it's so hard not to just instantly see the craft in it yeah like it's so hard to emotionally connect with it I think even with like working on this film it's hard to emotionally connect to something that like we've made mm. Mm. And, and it's like, got so much technical effort going into it as well. Like you, yeah. you, you can't really see it for its true emotional value because it's when you see a prop, you're just thinking, "Oh, we made that, or we bought that, or we found that yeah. in this shop," kind of thing. There's no sort of like, like truth to like that the consumer will see. You know? What yeah. I, mean, kind of I think thing. I think less so for me because I'm the director, but for you as producer, you've got to really see things as a logistical kind yeah. Of yeah, yeah operation. Yeah. Whilst I'm still going. Ooh, this prop can signify this in this <laughs> moment if I put it in this part yeah. of the shot. So it's like, but even then, like you're thinking about how, because film is a uni film is a language in itself, mm. you have to work out what everybody will decode from your mm. shot. True. You know, and in the past it used to be, oh, we'll do red because that signifies love. But now it's literally like because we've studied more, we've learned that it's. You could have a prop at one point of the table and the character move it and somebody will read into that yeah. if you yeah. do it right. Mm. And it's like, at least with music, that the language is something that you know will be interpreted the yeah. right way by people who know what they're talking about. And then Having it's almost said that. hard not to... I think I'm going to make a similar point to what you're <laughs> making, but like, it's almost hard to convey because it is... Like, we refer to, refer to like both art forms as language, but like they're not like tangible then they're, they're like very like still very abstract you know what i mean like a yeah like a really loud punchy snare drum has a meaning but no one can really tell you what it is you know what i mean i always say like mm. music's like a language and you're hearing someone shout in a different language 
you can't understand what they're saying, but you can understand that they're angry. So like, it's that kind of thing where that like, is the perfect yeah, you can, analogy. You can hear the emotion coming across, but you can't you can't really understand what it is. With lyrics, I think people think they're more obvious than they probably are. There's a lot of lyrics of like mm. where you're like, oh, this means this, yeah. and then it comes out where the artist is like, no, yeah, that's not what I meant. I think at music's all. specifically designed to be very vague, but also very relatable. Like a lot of yeah. pop songs, just, they're like. Oh, like you broke up with me. Like that could mean anything. That can apply to anyone who has broken up in a relationship, rather than, oh, you took me to the cinema, but then you didn't pay, and I ate all your popcorn. You know what I mean? Like not, yeah. not as many people can relate to that. So, oh, it's yeah. so it's like universally specific. I find quite a lot of the time popular music, the way music's going currently, from what I see, and you can tell me that I'm completely wrong, mm-hmm. is that music is becoming much more literal. Yeah. And less abstract. Yeah. And eventually we'll get to a point where it's so literal that suddenly abstract stuff will come back around. Mm, and like, no, definitely. Sometimes, like when I listen to really well produced music, now all I can hear is like, to say you are like a singer songwriter, like you've been through like a really hard breakup and then you write a song about it. You spend three hours sort of like planning the song out perfectly. You sort of think, oh, what chord can I use here? What chord can I use here? It's all very like technical. Then you take it into a studio, record it in the studio. You've got like, I don't know, like four producers, like two engineers maybe, like slaving over this song to create this like piece of art. And like the emotion kind of disappears from it because it's all so perfect. It's like, mm. oh, I want to make this like, it's got nothing to do with like the lyrics about this really hard breakup. Like, cause you, all you can hear is like a 20 hour studio session <laughs> that, that all the engineers have put in. So having studied, could you say, would you say that your music, what you listen, what you're regular listening to has changed? Like, or has it stayed the same, but you just see the things in between? But what kind of music I listen to? Or Yeah, yeah. Has studying um, music made you change the kind of tastes you have? Interesting. What's weird is I did A-level music, which is very like a classical kind of pathway thing at college. And then um, I hated classical music in college. But now I'm, I love it more than ever. You know what I mean? I understand it a lot more, which is weird. So like when I was doing that analysis thing, when I was kind of like understanding it on a theoretical level, hated it, sort of didn't didn't see the point, didn't see the meaning. And then when I stopped doing that and started trying to listen to it on an emotional level, resonated with me so much more, which is very strange. So yeah, it kind of works both ways. But yeah, I'm listening to all sorts at the moment because obviously there's so many like, I'm listening to music as a trumpet player, as a guitarist, as a pianist, as a producer as well. So there's, there's a lot of different like influences coming in. So in general, can you name either artists or songs that you would say are your biggest musical influences? So that can... I, I'm sort of thinking you can break it down by instrument, who's your, mm-hmm. like, say, who you are influenced for trumpet, or you can just go, in general, these people. Okay. I'll give two. There's, like, Rachmaninoff, which is, like, a... He's, like, a piano composer kind of person who... He's got this very inspiring, like he did a piano concerto, which like went, it was rubbish, like everyone hated it. And he was very depressed, very like, just unhappy. Never, He was never gonna do music again. And then like, he came out with the second piano concerto and it was like the best thing ever. And it was one of my favorite pieces. It's probably the piece that got me into classical music. And it kind of, weirdly enough, like it follows me around. Like there's like weird like synchronicities where I've experienced this piece like come into my life very strangely, but like, and it's just it's like a it's a nice story, but then it's also a good piece as well. And he's, he just conveys so much like 
is very like romantic sounding very like it's just all this like purple love and it's very very nice and then also probably like john hopkins as well who's like an electronic music producer who was like classically trained which is kind of how i'd like to see myself not classically trained necessarily but starting on organic instruments and then um he just conveys this really like organic sense of like electronic music which is very strange because a lot of electronic music is kind of like very stale very cold very sort of inhuman but like he seems to put so much life and energy and sort of relatability into it which i really like so yeah i'd probably say those two as we said about the the relatability thing and like the pop song kind of being what did you say like generally generally specific or something yeah called pop music like it's the same with like what like john hopkins is trying to do with like human music and it's the same with like what Rachmaninoff is trying to do because like I don't think art can exist as like a separate entity I think it's always linked to the human experience like if humans make art it will be human you know what I mean there's that. very very few artists that make art not for humans I think that's that's just art in itself on its Interesting. own we're trying to tell a, a real life story mm -hmm. and you know we're a assigning all this meaning to certain things when yeah. realistically life doesn't have any no, no, no. meaning and we're just going oh he's got these posters on his wall because he sees himself as a hero may never have done that mm. we're just completely theorizing and as a music as the composer you've got to kind of help us in this great yeah. con of the audience no, making them yeah. believe that this is the truth because you do have to build it i've noticed before like i like i often listen to film soundtracks just on their own like on spotify when i'm out and about which is really like strange like if you've ever done that it's, it's worth doing definitely but like you notice that like there there is like a whole uh i'm not gonna use the word universe but there is like a whole like uh yeah go on the universe like built for this film and it's very like you can almost tell the whole narrative and the whole story just through the soundtrack like you can know when like when this is happening you can know where like the last battle scene is you like do you know what i mean like you can, yeah. you can understand have... it purely through the music which is amazing like have you ever done that with the social network soundtrack no yeah I keep, so you keep telling me to listen to it I'm i sure. i know it's such a basic like film bro mm. film to like love and it is but sorkin is one of my favorite writers yeah just because he has such a distinctive style and i really like that his style of writing but i really like it and i have the director's edition of social network so i have like loads of behind the scenes and watching how trent Reznor and atticus ross <coughs> made the music mm. is like one of the most fascinating things because I'd never thought about music in that way no. before because like I'm not a musician I don't no. think like I didn't think about music in films yeah. like like that I think almost creating for someone else is <coughs> a bit strange as well because I think mm. like historically music has just been like before film like music was just like I want to do this I want to convey this I'm going to kind of thing whereas like now it's like someone asks you, can you convey this? And you're like, I've never really thought about doing that, but <laughs> now I'm going to try and like oh, so convey this. Sometimes it's like really subconscious as well, which is like strange. It's like the music has so much of an effect, but you never really hear it. Like there's yeah. so many films that I couldn't off the top of my head tell you what the music is like, but I know for a fact that that music is really powerful yeah. and really does a lot. For the yeah. Because it just does like, that's the job of like the composer. So one of my favorite TV shows is Gilmore Girls mm -hmm. and they have little music cues to link scenes 
if I hear those music cues, like I know exactly what each cue means. Ah, uh, interesting. Because yeah. I've seen this show more than like ten times. Yeah. It's my favorite show. So you're gonna say, so what happens when you're walking down the street and all like <laughs> in the middle, like not even in your headphones, just in the world, the music cue happens. Yeah. I feel like, and like oh well, shit, it's gonna be sad. Because <laughs> yeah. like, because I listen to the the soundtrack as well as the like score. Mm. And hearing the music cues out of context, like, evokes this, like, emotional response in me where I'm like, I didn't know mm. that this is so in my brain. Mm. Like, it's so, like, subconscious, yeah. my response to this music. Yeah. And it means now I'm re-watching it and you hear a music cue and you're like, oh, and even though I do know what's going to happen because I've seen it before, but, like, I remember because mm. of the music. Yeah. I don't, th- I don't know if this is interesting. No, but it's crazy it's cool. powerful, like people using it apparently like when you go through i think i've told you this but like when you like go through puberty like your brain is so um like open to like new experiences as being like really profound like um so basically the music that you listen to at that age will like be so ingrained in you for the rest of your life but just a very specific age people are using it now to like treat like dementia and alzheimer's to like play people that are in homes like 1920s like big band music and people like you can just see their faces light up when they hear the music that they were listening to when they were teenagers i cannot so. wait until my brain know, yeah. is riddled with dementia <laughs> and i just hear brian seller the, the one way they yeah. used to like solve it like. <laughs> brian seller just voice breaking cu- telling me he's uncomfortable and he go oh my god i'm back <laughs> it's like but i think that will be the reality I'm oh right, yeah. good god i can't wait I can't wait. The person I was when I was 14 is not the person I want to be ever again. (laughs) So it's like... But also that's so interesting that your brain is so, like, malleable. It's like a sponge. It just soaks up. Because that's the thing as well. Like, a lot of people hate the music they were listening to as teens, but they still, like, weirdly like it. Like, like, they're still, like... Like, it's embarrassing. Like, it's a guilty pleasure kind of thing. Like, it's embarrassing. I don't listen to Mayday Parade anymore, but in first year I went to go see them live. And it wasn't even the music I was listening to no. in first year, but I went with one of my best friends and I loved it. Had a great time. Like, yeah, it was obviously. amazing. 10 year anniversary mm-hmm. tour. And it was just like the, to be transported to being that age again mm. is so like impressive. Like one of my favorite, well, still my favorite artist is Dodie. Mm. And I went to go see her when I was 18 and then last year. And I think in between 18 and 20, I probably changed quite a lot. Mm. And seeing her like more like more grown up i was like i still love this mm. but i am not your like target audience because the audience was filled with like 14 year old girls i was like i yeah. remember being you and it's really like that freaky yeah i'm i so one of my favorite bands are doing their last ever tour and they're doing their last ever show in manchester mm. and i'm going to go see them and it's going to be the saddest day of my life because it's the last time they'll ever play a gig What was your reaction to the real life story of Larry Walters? I think it's cool. Like, I really like it. I think it's like, it's just one of those stories that like, is so crazy and so sort of like weird that it has to be true. Like, it, you know, like a lot of things sometimes yeah. feel like they can't be true because they're so crazy. But this is definitely one of those things you're like, yes, like this has definitely happened. Like, I think it's really cool. Like, it's, I like his like determination, how he just did it. And like, everyone was like, no, that's stupid. And he was just like, I need to do it. And I needed it. And it was cool. 
I think, yeah, I keep talking about it, about how I just, I find him ridiculously inspiring mm. because he did something so insane mm. that I'm like, how? Yeah. How could this not be seen as, like, amazing? Yeah, and I think it's cool how that he didn't let, like, a lot of people are like, oh, like, they put their, like, finances first and they're like, oh, I, c- I don't have the money to afford this. Like, oh, like, future me will not be able to afford food if I don't do this now. And then, like, he was just like, like, I don't care. We'll sort that out later. Like, I'm yeah. going to spend all my money on, like, bullions and stuff. So. It's very... He's great. Yeah. I always find that the hardest question. What of favourite film? Yeah. Because mm. I don't think I have one. But I don't know. Maybe I do. I think it's like... It's like asking an artist, like a painter, like what's their favorite color, like because mm. they kind of need to paint with like so many colors in order to like make the colors look nice. Like there's all it's all about contrast, and, like so yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I think also for me, I have answers where I'm like, I think this should be what I say, and then there's stuff where I'm like, this mm. is what I emotionally connect yeah. to. Like favorite film to me is like what you love emotionally and not technically. Okay, interesting, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, definitely. Because, like, emotionally, I love The Parent Trap more mm. than, like, any other film. Yeah. But I know it's not the best film. But then you could say a good piece of art is one that has affected you emotionally. Like, yeah. Like, That's sometimes true. the stupidest things, like, stupidest songs, I'm like, I really resonate with <laughs> this, and I wish I didn't, but this is just amazing. And yeah. And that probably is a good piece of art, regardless of what like is held as really good art I don't know that's interesting so Rob what are your favourite films my favourite film currently is probably Annihilation I can't remember who directed it but uh Villeneuve the guy who did uh Blade Runner the new Blade Runner that guy the new Villeneuve that is such a good film for so many ways because it's like on on a shallow level, it's just a good film with a good story, like kind of just a good sci-fi film. But then on like you can like decode it on so many other levels, and it works on every single level, like as a consumer film, but also as like a really good piece of art as well. Soundtrack is so soundtrack is interesting because it's so um <clears throat> it's so like organic, but it's not human, which I love about like because if you're trying to create a sci-fi film, you don't want the aliens to sound like things that are just like robots or things that you can't relate to like you want it to be something that you can relate to but you also want it to sound alien and the soundtrack like conveys this amazing sense of like it's all very like natural and like nature based but very very weird as well every time i listen to the soundtrack it like puts me in this weird like state which is strange but yeah that's really cool Uh, i'm trying to think of any others i like stalker as well like andre tarkovsky that's really cool just very like gentle and like patient Denny Villeneuve is also an incredibly interesting filmmaker like Mm -hmm. I know he studied in Paris and stuff and then went to Canada and then came back and then went back to Canada and he's he's a he's a real scholar of filmmaking like he's really well read whenever he does interviews you're like oh this guy really knows what he's talking about if he wasn't going to be a filmmaker he'd be a film theorist and it's interesting that like you pick those films whilst I change my answer to whatever I've seen yeah. recently because I'm just so easily yeah. swayed. Obviously, it's different for me because I'm not I'm not watching it from like a perspective like a film student. Like I'm I'm just like that's cool. Like <laughs> mostly from like a narrative thing, I think, rather than like a, like filmography. Like 
for me, it's director's input and um, writing are the two major things that make a film work for me. And so for me, like one of my favourite films is Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. Mm-hmm. I've read the book. Is the film good? The film, I've not read the book, but I, I can tell you the, the film is really film good. Film's good, yeah. Film's like really it. good. It's got, um, I can't remember who does the ending music. I think it's Godspeed, Your Black Emperor, at okay. the end, um, that killed me. And it was like such a well-constructed thing. And then the guy who directed that went and made an absolute flop next. Anything that rec- that takes me somewhere else than I was expecting, Parasite, Little Women. Yeah. Like, Little Women oh. is one of my favourite books. And then it came yeah. to watching the film. And I've seen Little Women other adaptations. I've not liked them. Yeah. Interesting. Because they never get... Um, Amy right mm. for me for me Amy is one of the most like I don't I don't, I don't sympathize with her too much but I understand what what she goes through yeah. of, of your scene little woman I haven't yeah. okay. I need to mm. yeah <laughs> I'm so bad and there's like... and Greta Gerwig yeah. in that gets it so right about who Amy is I really want to read the book now because little women made me cry more than any film has ever made me cry mm. and I think because I've never felt so represent like so me and Rob watched Eighth Grade together and that oh, yeah. was like film. one of the films that I felt so represented by. And then I saw Little Women, I went, I have yeah. like, and I think I saw them in the same <laughs> week. And so I was mm. like watching so many films. Also, it's really weird that Eighth Grade is made by a man. Mm. Like the fact that that was written by a man. weirdly like, like invasive. Like it was yeah. so like personal. Didn't was, he, like... But didn't he write it about his sister? You write I about know. someone. I think it's. I think. A, I think it's like him writing from the experience of someone who's very, very close to him. That's really interesting. Like, there's so much. So, for context, I used to make vlogs when I was a 14 year old girl. Eighth grade is so true to mm. my experience, <clears throat> and it was. And I watched it with like two guys, yeah. and I think that was a really interesting experience because, like, I don't know. I don't know how much you like related to it. I think you can tell when you're being deceived, even if you haven't been through what the the main character has. Interesting. Like, I th- usually, like you can tell if it's like a very like commercial, like oh, this is entertainment kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas, like with this, I could tell that this was like so true. Like truth, yeah. When she's in the bathroom at the party, and I'm like, <laughs> I've been yeah. there, and it like, oh, it was like gut wrench. I th- I think if I ever saw it at the cinema, I mm. would probably be crying the whole film because yeah. I'd yeah. be like, it's the like. <laughs> I, I cry a lot at like films and, and books and I think especially Little Women was like I have three sisters so there's like there's four sisters in my family yeah. and that was like the best. You're the youngest aren't you? Yeah. You're the Amy. Um, is she the youngest? I she's thought... the youngest. Amy's youngest. Oh wait it's Beth. Beth's the youngest. Beth's the youngest. Oh I just is so there's the best bit in Little Women well I'll stop ranting about how much I love it when one of the si- I wouldn't say what she does, but one of the sisters does something really horrible to her other sister, and her mum's yeah. like, "Why did you do this?" And she's like, "Well, I wanted to hurt her because she hurt me, and I knew that this would hurt her, and that is like mm. a thing. Like I love my sisters, but I can definitely imagine yeah. one of us getting so angry. We're like, I know this would hurt yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Th- this was the thing as well. It's like so. Uh, I've got I've grown up with the majority of films. I've been able to find myself in, mm-hmm. like being a, a, a man, yeah. a, especially a white man in this world. I've been able to find myself in a lot of films. It's been so nice to be able to see my sister 
in films. You know, my yeah. sister is one of the people who inspires me the most, and I love her to pieces. She's, you know, one of the best people I've ever met. She's a pain in the ass, <laughs> and it's so nice seeing things that I know she experienced that she would never say mm. represented so that she doesn't feel so alone yeah. in these experiences, especially Little Women and especially mm. um, Eighth Grade, Eighth Grade for sure. Oh, and it, so good. it scared me senseless that my sister is now a, like going on to being 18 yeah. and Lady Bird's going to be the film that she relates to most shortly. And I'm like, oh God, no. I think, yeah, I think it's no, weird that like... Happen. Like a lot of girls have to grow up like not being able to relate to like many films and like obviously I've never had to experience that, but it's strange to like for you to like watch a film and be like, None of this is about me, but yeah, I guess it's cool. I, I guess everyone yeah. else is enjoying mm. this, so I will too. Like I don't I, know, like it just seems baffling, like this has been the We Found Your Glasses Larry podcast with me, the producer. And me the director George. And our special guest. Rob. Thanks for having me anyway. Thanks for coming. It's been fun. That was good. Please check out our GoFundMe Facebook page and Instagram page in the description below. And thanks to Ollie for producing the podcast. Oh, if you donate and you want us to, we can shout you out on the podcast. Bye. Bye. (laughs)